Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Up next, Out Loud with John O'Caldwell, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. New Yorkers flee their city as politicians use the coronavirus to seize power and attack religion. Meanwhile, our country continues to endure political chaos in the aftermath of the 2020 election. This is Out Loud with John O'Caldwell. Welcome back to Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. I have a great show for you today. My guest today is my friend, my colleague, and someone you may know very well. Her name is Lisa Booth. She's a prominent journalist, political analyst, and commentator. Lisa is currently a Fox News contributor and senior fellow for the Independent Women's Voice, an organization that fights for women by expanding support for policy solutions that aren't just well-intentioned, but actually enhance people's freedom, opportunities, and well-being. Lisa also founded High Noon Strategies, a boutique political communications and PR firm, and previously served as its president. Before then, she spent years working on Capitol Hill and for political campaigns. Let's go! Lisa Booth, thank you for joining Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. It's such a pleasure to have a friend, a colleague, someone who I call on the phone and say, hey, what do you think about this? It's such a pleasure and honor to be on with you. How are you doing today? Hey, my friend. It's great to be on with you, too. Also, admittedly, for those listening, it did take me about 15 minutes to get everything situated. For the you mean 25. <laughs> Don't try to lower the count. You're a millennial. I swear to God, say. I'm a millennial. I know. I might be the worst we're, millennial We're trying to figure is. it out. I know. We I don't did, know yet. I, I feel like some of your older guests might have been able to figure it out earlier. So I'm a little, uh, I'm a little embarrassed by that. You know, well, we, we should have this technology thing. Then we'll, we'll, we'll find out if you're a millennial. We want to see the birth certificate. That's, that's fine. I'll share it. I'll share it. Transparency. Yeah, okay. Excellent. Okay. Full on. Full on transparency. Love it. Love it. Love yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now that we've got that out of the way. <laughs> right. Now, now, now that we're fully on. So yeah, I want to yeah. start with the coronavirus. And I know you've been posting a lot about this on Twitter. And everybody should be following you on Twitter because you have a pretty dynamic Twitter. And you tweet at least every five seconds. So. Just always mad, content, content, content. A lot these days. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> 20 times a day, Lisa Booth is mad. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are. So we're, we're a lot in the same boat. Millions of Americans just celebrated Thanksgiving last week. And they did it without their families in a lot of cases because of COVID-19. Some cities and states are reimposing certain lockdown measures as the cases have increased. Which brings me to something you recently tweeted, since we were talking about your Twitter, and it really caught my eye. You wrote, as much as this year has sucked, it has forced a reprioritization of the things that actually matter in life. And then you say, before I got so caught up in a busy day to day, I was focused on things that aren't actually fulfilling. That really struck me. Can you elaborate on what you meant and the extent to which you were thinking of politics? Well, hopefully I spelled everything correctly, but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully um, I read everything correctly. 
<laughs> no, I mean, so here's the thing. I think with COVID, and you probably, I, I'm sure you feel similarly. So, I mean, look, in our day-to-day lives, especially when you're living in cities like New York, it's it's go, 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 right? Like you're, you're going into the office, you're meeting with friends, you're going to happy hour, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're trying to get this thing going, and you're just so busy. And I think a lot of the times when you're that busy, you actually don't really have time for sort of like stillness and self-reflection and sort of figuring out mm. what do you actually want for your life? Are you at the place in your life that you truly want to be? And with COVID, it's forced stillness in a way, yeah. or at least for me, I haven't really had in quite some time. So I've always been go, 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 busy, 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 and not really taking a moment to really be stopping and looking at my life. And I think with the coronavirus, I mean, I went home to my parents' house for like three months, which I thought I was escaping shutdowns by leaving New York and then Virginia also shut down. So jokes wow. on me, but it was nice to spend that time at home. And it was also just a time to like really sort of sit back and kind of like take in my life and sort of figure out like, what do I really want? And have I been yeah. doing things right? And have I been making the right decisions? And uh, I, I think that's healthy. And, it, you know, and it actually, I, I think it's led to some productive things and uh, some changes that I've been making that I think mm-hmm. are for the better that maybe wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have had that time for stillness. Has it brought you closer to God? It actually has. And it's brought me closer to my family as well, particularly my parents. I mean, look, I, I'm 35. So like the last time I've spent that much time at home, like was probably before college, right? Like when you're in high school. So just sort of yeah. being able to spend that time at home, spending that time and also just kind of made me realize too, like, I mean, this is probably getting like really real, but like even just wanting a family, right? Like wanting to get married, wow. wanting these things that like I didn't necessarily give as much time and thought to pre-COVID, you know, because you're just so busy, like living your day to day and just kind of realizing wow. like, and like, look, work is important. And like, we're both strivers. We're both people who really want success and want to work hard to right. achieve our goals. And those are things I still want for my life. But I think I put so much emphasis on the work front. And what I wanted from that and kind of let my personal life and let the things that actually bring more fulfillment sort of like subside and not paid as much attention to that. And I like that's at least one of the big things that I've kind of recognized for myself. So so not a lack of desire. I still really want to be successful and still really want. uh, You are successful. Let's let's thank you. Success is a day to day. I think your point is so salient, especially when it comes to me. So I've been thinking about marriage and family a lot. And I'm two years younger than you. I'm 33, but I'll be 34. Enjoy it. <laughs> December 27th. Yeah, I know. I know. But still in all, I don't want to be like an old dad. And I have a friend who got married maybe a couple years ago, and he will be like kind of the older guy that's like 50 years old, picking up his kids from pre-K. And I was like, I don't want to have that for my life. I want to be somewhat young. So I, I get what you're saying. And I think there's millions of Americans that are thinking the same thing. There's a lot of people that are getting married during COVID. So that that's an interesting perspective that I think a lot of people can agree with. And speaking of New York, since you mentioned that, and I know, you know, you've been living there for quite a while. The Supreme Court just temporarily barred New York's strict restrictions on a number of people who can attend religious services and houses of worships, worship rather. Governor Andrew Cuomo has imposed no capacity restrictions on certain businesses such as liquor stores and bicycle repair shops and a, a lot of other things. But churches and synagogues are somehow, you know, you got to you got to watch watch those folks going into these religious ceremonies. We don't know what may happen with the covid, but keep the liquor stores open. We're good with that. What do you think of that? Well, it's tyranny. It's tyranny because you look at the unequal application of the First Amendment. So, like, we look at the fact that you've got people like Bill de Blasio no problem with thousands of people going out in the streets to riot that, you know, set cop cars on fire to try to yeah. cause harm to the city. That's really actually going to hurt the people they purport to care about. So the no problem with that, that's totally cool. Like go out in the masses, no masks, be around people or go out and celebrate after the election. That's totally cool right. as well. But if you want, <laughs> but if, but if you want to go worship, if you want to go practice your religion, if you want to practice that element of the first amendment, no dice. That's not welcome in the city of New York. And so it just goes to show what hypocrites these people are. We're seeing this time. I mean, it's it's, it's like it's just so much. Right. You look at people like Nancy Pelosi going to get her hair done when other people can't and businesses can't be open and salons can't be open and and people can't be earning a living. Same thing with Lori Lightfoot going out in the middle of the pandemic early on getting her hair done. She did that. 
getting her hair and that's done. That's Chicago's oh, mayor. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah, and Gianna, she said because she's a public face. Like, you know, right. screw you, <laughs> right? Like, there's right. A, how many free, how many people are like running successful businesses or or whatever, like doing their jobs and having to be on Zoom calls, also having to care about their appearance, right? But somehow Lori Lightfoot is better than them, is entitled to that when the rest of her citizens aren't, when people at barber shops or salons are struggling to survive. But like, no. You know, it doesn't matter for you, but you could open for me to go get my hair done. But if you want to try to earn a living and put food on the table, the, you know, the table for your family. No. Right. So like, right. It's, and then or even look at the mayor of Denver. Right. Tweeting. You got to stay home, do Zoom calls online for Thanksgiving. Don't spend time with your family. Don't travel. And then he goes on and gets on a flight. These people don't <laughs> believe any of the things that they're pushing. They don't believe their own guidelines. Gavin Newsom. Right. Uh, right? You look laundry. at you look at. Yeah, going out to French Laundry with a bunch of people indoor dining, and then meanwhile in LA they're shutting no down mask, outdoor no dining. Distancing, yep, yep. It's all and garbage. You, they don't even believe the science in their own guidelines. Yeah, yeah, you're a hundred percent correct about that. And I, I'll tell you, being a person who's lived in LA since 2017, two months into the LA shutdown, I just couldn't do it anymore, and I decided it was a Wednesday night at 11 p.m. And I'm gonna be honest for the audience. I was watching Bad Boys 3 and I said, hmm, it would be interesting <laughs> to live in Miami. And that was a Wednesday. By that following Wednesday, I was on a plane to Miami looking for places. And by that next Friday, I was actually moving in to the intercontinental Miami while I was waiting to get approved for the place that I'm in now. And I know that you have talked about on social media and you and I have talked about it personally about how upset you are about the tyranny that's going on in New York. And it may bring about a change in terms of where you're living is that right? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually we're going to be neighbors because I so during the pandemic, like early on, I spent two weeks in Florida mm-hmm. and it was free, you know, and then I'm so I was living it was free like the trip was free. No, no. God, I wish it was no, open. It, it was money, open. But the, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I would have loved that. No, I said, you got food out, Lisa Boo? No, no, no. I hope no, it was no. Spirit Airlines, but okay. <laughs> I, I have flown Spirit, but I no, have too. So, My first and last time. It's well, it's cheap, whatever. I'm all about saving a buck. So, uh, no, it was just, it was freedom, right? So, like, mm-hmm. it just was a completely different mentality of approaching the coronavirus than what I had been experiencing in Virginia when I was staying with my parents. And then also when I went back to New York and what I've been experiencing here for the past few months, it's just a completely different mentality. And so I thought to myself, I am tired of living in a place like New York City where it's tyranny, right? Where there's an unequal application of the regulations and an equal application of the rules. And also a lot of times things that scientifically aren't even sound. And then also what I mentioned before was sort of like the stillness aspect, a city like New York, it's go, go, go. And so when you don't have those things, like you don't have all the restaurants, you don't have the plays, you don't have the, you know, going out at night, you don't have all these things that keep you busy. You sort of stop and take in the city and you're like, this city sucks, right? It's gross. It smells like pee. There's trash everywhere. There's freaking giant rats that that are like taking over the city right now. You've got people, you know, going around shooting up drugs, walking around naked. Got people that want to do harm to the city with crime going up, with the riots that we've seen as well, breaking in stores, looting. And you're just like, why am I here? And you pay so much money for rent. Taxes are enormous and you're not getting anything from it. So I said, I'm done with this. I'm moving to a place where there's freedom and a place that has a mentality that's closer to the one that I believe, which is, you know, freedom and, you know, sort of anti this tyrannical government that we're seeing right now in so many cities like New York. So I am escaping and I am so excited and I am just ready to, to get out of here, to be honest. Yeah, and I look forward to you being here. I'm looking for a, a good neighbor, so I'm, I'm excited that we're going to be able to hang out. So this is going to be awesome. America is deeply polarized and politically divided. And I think some would rightly argue that the country's never been more divided. Is it possible to unify and bridge this gap? Do you think that's possible? And I know that's a tough question. Do you think it's possible? Well, I think we've probably actually always been uh, you know, divided to some degree. Right. So, I mean, we used to have like way back in the day, like 
they beat each other up. Like, on the, on yeah. the, I think it was like, you know, I mean, so I, I think there's always been like divide in the country. I think a lot of it is more focused and more uh, on the forefront because of social media. Right. So that brings more attention to it. And we sort of see it in real time because you sort of like see people fighting with each other on Twitter, whereas maybe that stuff was sort of behind the scenes before social media bring it to the forefront. So I, I think it's always kind of been like that. I do have a concern that there are less things that unite us. And, you know, when you look at even like standing for the flag is now yeah. political and and sort of everything has kind of become political, which has created this toxic environment, which I think has sort of led to maybe further division in the sense of if you can't have anything that isn't political, whereas you look at like the NFL is political, NBA is political, corporations are now taking political stances. Yeah, uh, every are. award show you watch is political. So like every commercials are political now. So like literally everything is political. And so that creates a lot of toxicity. So I, I think the way to actually create more unification or at least to allow people to kind of like take a breathe, breather and take a break from it is I, I don't think any of these companies should be taking political stances. I, I don't think you've got Twitter that the Twitter is entirely political now. It and is. that I think that's the that's the source of the poison in the country from my perspective, to be honest. I completely agree, Lisa. But let's pick that back up when we come back from the break. Stay with us. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. You know what? It, it seems to me, especially with mainstream media, and I think we can throw in Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is mainstream media now because all, everyone uses it. And what we saw in this past election, especially, is a social media company is looking to collude with the Democrats to ensure that there's a Biden win. And that, that was their aim. That was their goal. And they've been working this goal and aim for years now. I think we saw after the 2016 election that people, it was reported that folks at Google were saying that they should have done more to try to see that Donald Trump would lose the election. And it's it seems like I think for a lot of Americans, when we're in a divided society like this, 
conservatives, I think, have felt under attack for many, many years. And it just hadn't been necessarily seen. That's why Fox News was such a popular network, because it was the only one that wasn't a part of the mainstream crowd. But conservatives had at least a, a corner to go into to, to hear this free thought, things that they agree with and also see a challenge because, you know, of course, on Fox, Democrats and Republicans go on and debate the issues. So now, to me, it seems like the country, I don't know how we're going to unify beyond this moment because Democrats have helped divide the country. Mainstream media has helped divide the country. And they can't go out and say, hey, now that the election is semi over, although the election results aren't official just yet, they can't go around and say, hey, you know, we need to come together. No, you've been a part of the poison pill, as you just stated, Lisa. And, you know, what we need to do is talk some truth and facts. And I'm not hearing a lot of truth coming from the mainstream media. They've been a part of this toxic culture. Well, yeah, and it's hilarious because you've got all these people who basically for the entirety of the Trump administration saying that everyone supports Trump is racist, sexist, right. homophobic, xenophobic, which none of these things are true. But labeling Trump supporters is all these all these like horrific terms. Right. And then now they're like, oh, we need to unify. And you're like, screw you. Like, I don't want to unify right. you. You've literally right. called us all these names. I, w- I don't I don't want to unify you. In fact, what I want to do is to go out in 2022 and defeat you and then go out in yeah. 2024 and defeat you again because your policies are toxic and you're part of the problem. And so, no, I don't want to unite with you. Like, I, I think that's ridiculous to even ask that. And it shows it's like so arrogant. And if you look at, too, like why these social media companies worked so hard to defeat Donald Trump, the reason is he was so successful in utilizing them he in really 2016. Was. Remember that one of the Facebook execs, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But he came out and said that basically the Trump campaign had used face like the, the campaigns that they the campaigns that they had run were better than any other campaign he's ever seen and were wildly yeah. successful in helping him win the White House. And so that's why after that moment, after the 2016 election, we've seen this turnabout, particularly from the left, of trying to get Twitter to shut down the Trump campaign, trying to push for this censorship is to stop him from utilizing those tools successfully. And they were able to do that in, in great regard, because as you mentioned, you know, Twitter literally suppressing even the sharing of the Hunter Biden story yep. and stopping yeah. that and then shutting down conservatives, taking them off Twitter, suspending those accounts. And that's really we're actually in a really, really scary place as a society, because if you look at the fact that uh, so we've had people on the left for years now dehumanized Trump supporters. Literally, yeah. just dehumanize. It's the same thing that Democrats do on abortion when they call unborn babies clumps of cells, right? If you dehumanize something, if you make it seem less than, then bad things happen, right? You're opening the door for the kind of violence we saw against Trump supporters during the um, the march we saw in Washington, D.C. after the election. It got right. violent at night with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. It opens the door for Democrats trying to put Trump supporters on lists. And all of that continues to go down some really dangerous paths that we, we should not be going down as a country, particularly when you go back and you know look at things historically. So it's we're we're in a bad place right now. And, you know, what's interesting to me, like you mentioned the list. When I see folks on the left, what they do, not just Trump supporters, but just conservatives in general, the way they attack the things that they say on mainstream media, the MSNBCs and the CNNs of the world, the things that they say. And how it's just accepted and it's embraced. And I'm talking about some of these very negative, the basket of deplorables that the no Hillary Clinton said that. But it's just this, oh, if you're a Trump supporter, if you vote for conservatives in general, you're a racist point blank period. And of course, me growing up on the south side of Chicago, that's what I was taught from from birth. Basically, if the person is a Republican, it doesn't matter the content of their character, any of those things, then they're legitimately a racist. That was what I was taught. And it took years before I learned the real truth. But the interesting part is they continue to push this, oh, we're about unity, we're about love, we're not about discrimination, but yet and still, the folks who are supposedly not about discrimination are the ones that discriminate the most. It's insane. It's completely well, insane. Course. And I just don't understand. How do, how do they even go out with these mantras in their party? It doesn't make any sense to me. You guys are none of the things that you say that you are. You're not about love and unity as you say you are, because you will say that and then you'll say something evil and sinister in the next moment. So what's the point? Well, and their policies are set that somehow we're all inherently born 
different, that we're all inherently born in different places in life. And I think the way conservatives view the world is we're all the same, right? Like we're, we're not, we were all, we're all born, like we're all God's children is the way that like I was taught to view life, right? Like we're all just mm-hmm. human beings. And I, right. I think Democrats have a different viewpoint. And when you look at everything through, you know, racial lens, through, uh, you know, lens of sex, through all these different lens, of course, that's going to lead to division because you're seeing the world differently. You're seeing people in different lights versus just seeing everyone as human beings. Right. So, like, yeah, I agree with you. I think their policies and the way they view the world is inherently discriminatory. And it's wrong, personally. Like, I, I think we should work on policies that just up, uplift all Americans, right? Like, regardless yeah. of race, regardless of sex, we're all just human beings. We're all at the same level, the same playing level. And and I think, you know, obviously there are things that, you know, really make it hard for people to compete in life when you look at uh, especially income, right? Like, so certainly yeah. someone, regardless of race, if you're born into a poor neighborhood, you have less advantages of someone born into a higher income level. So I certainly believe in like giving people a hand up in life who need it, particularly from like a socioeconomic stance. But you're right. Like, I think a lot of the way that the left views the world leads to a lot of division. I think Trump was really able to capture that and to see that in the sense that like, I don't know, I, I feel like where we are right now in society, I really feel like the people in charge and the people that have the most power have never been more out of touch with the rest of America. Like, I don't know if you feel the same way. That. No question. And COVID and, and, you know, John, COVID's made it so much worse because we've seen this like massive transfer of wealth and everyone who's rich has gotten richer. And then people that are like middle class have suffered more because if you have a small business, uh, a lot of those businesses are gone. The people who work for them no longer have jobs. And especially like that generational wealth in the sense of if you have a family run business and it's under that means like everything your parents worked for is gone. Everything your grandparents worked for is gone. And what you're going to leave to your kids is gone. Right. And and then all the policies that we're seeing from the left are making it worse because when you continue to shut things down, when you continue to lock things down, it's the middle class and it's the hardworking Americans that are suffering and all your elite rich friends on the left are getting richer. And it's really yeah, messed are. up. And, I, and we're, we're going to be dealing with the consequences of this for a long time to come. Yeah, you're 100% correct about that. Now, I'll tell you, I was reading some reporting that said that over 450,000 businesses had filed bankruptcy since the start of the pandemic. So I'm imagining that number has grown tremendously since then. And that brings me to my next topic, which is about the politics of it all. How is the House going to look? We gained a lot of House seats this past election, and we're hopefully going to be able to win these runoffs in Georgia which are extraordinarily important. I encourage everyone who's under the sound of my voice, whether you be conservative or not, you, if you live in Georgia, vote for the Republican. And I'm going to tell you why you should want to see divided government. You should want to make government compromise and work together for the good of all. You should want to see that. And I think that's personally what's good, whether it be Trump's in office or as a Joe Biden presidency, again, the election results aren't official at this time. So Whoever's in the presidential seat at that point, you should want to see all sides work together for the good of all Americans, not just one party rule. And at the, I think at the end of the day, that's the best outcome for things to get done and force those who we are paying to go work for us, not to just sit around and not do anything, but actually work for the American people. So what do you think the outcome may look like in 2022, 2024? Who do you think would be the front runner for, for the presidency? Well, I hope for purposes of the January 5th runoffs, you're totally right. Republicans have to win. Anyone who's listening in Georgia, you have to get out. You have to vote. Get your family because Republicans need a check. If Joe Biden is in the White House, if Democrats have the House, which they're going to have, you need a check in the Senate. And the difference that that's going to make is being able to prevent people like Bernie Sanders potentially serving in the cabinet. You're going to get more moderate cabinet positions versus some of these crazy progressives that we're saying you're going to get more moderate judges versus liberal judges. And you're going to prevent Democrats. If Democrats have a majority in the Senate, they've already talked about potentially blowing up the filibuster. If they yeah, do they that, have. they can create, they can create a, you know, two extra Senate seats with Washington DC and Puerto Rico. They can do things like the green new deal. All bets are off at that point. So that's why yeah. Republicans need to have a Senate in 2022. I think you're going to see an uprising because as we've been discussing, the people that are in charge in this country are so wildly out of touch with actual Americans 
And the funny thing is the left always tries to pretend like they're the part of the working class, which now is Republicans, but their policies and their shutdowns have probably done more to hurt the working class than maybe any other policies in history. They have destroyed the middle class right now during COVID. So I think what we're going to see in 2022 is similar to what we saw in 2010 with the Tea Party, similar to what we saw President Trump tap into that populism in 2016 again, of just this feeling that the people in charge do not represent us because what you're going to have is if it's Joe Biden in the White House, someone who's been there 47 years, right? What does he know about real America after being in the swamp for, for 47 years? You're going to have Nancy Pelosi, who's been in office for decades. And regardless if it's Mitch McConnell or Chuck Schumer, you're going to have someone there who's been in office for decades. So you're going to have everyone who's in charge having been in public office for so long that I think it, it's it's impossible to stay in touch with the, the average American when you've been in Washington, D.C. and tainted by government, which is inherently corrupt for that long. And like credit to Mitch McConnell for getting conservative judges in. But still, he's been there for so long. OK, so yeah. I think you're going to have a lot of people just feeling like they're not represented. And then you're going to have these corporations that have now gotten and consolidated so much more wealth because of COVID. They're going mm-hmm. to have, you know, the economy is going to be hard hit because all of these jobs that employ so many Americans, all these small businesses are going to, you know, probably not have survived COVID. And then you're also going to have the fear from COVID having subsided with the coronavirus vaccine. So we're going to be left with the dust settling and a full picture of the carnage from coronavirus, which is going to be essentially, you know, largely a lot of economic calamity, uh, as well as children falling further behind in schools. And I think there's just going to be this disenfranchisement and this anger and this, you know, voters feeling really disaffected and not represented and they're going to turn out in mass. And I think we're going to see a lot of primaries uh, and we're going to see Republicans taking back the House. I really do think so. Yeah, I, I agree with that assessment fully. And I think there's going to be some governorships that go from uh, Democrat to Republican hands. Uh, certainly some some local races that are going to do the same thing. I think people in, in, even in cases where Republicans may have been too strict in some of these local areas. If they went the way of the Democrats, I can see them being voted out as well. At the end of the day, it's about we the people, not we the political party. And I think at the end of the day, for a lot of Americans, they're just pissed off. They want to live their life like they were living it before. We can do so safely. And what is it going to do to shut down a bar or a restaurant at nine or 10 o'clock? Does that stop COVID? I, I don't think so. I mean, do you are you aware of any science? I could be wrong. So that's why I, I like to ask. Are you aware of any science I guess- that may... Say COVID stops, is, is it on break or maybe he takes off for the night or what? I guess that's like the COVID witching hour or something. But right. I, yeah, like, exactly. you know, like that's when it comes out more. But, you know, this is <laughs> what I really get frustrated with, with um, the coronavirus coverage is you can desire to put the coronavirus in context and to provide perspective mm-hmm. while still taking it seriously and not wanting anyone you love to get it. Because you still see, I mean, the, the problem what we've seen from the media and really from the start and what they did was almost the entirety of the coverage had like the same people saying the same things on about the coronavirus. And there was a lot of dissenters and a lot of people out there, like distinguished people like Dr. Ian Edes of Stanford, who's like one of the you know world renowned epidemiologists. He's debunked more bad research than like most people. I think he's like one of the most cited epidemiologists in the country. Uh, you had people like Dr. Scott Atlas out there. These are distinguished, intelligent people that were raising differing points. And like what Dr. Ianides was saying, I believe back in March, or maybe it was even, or yeah, I think it was back in March. And what he was talking about is that from his perspective and looking at the data, that the death rate was actually significantly lower than what was being talked about at the time, because we didn't really have a great data set to look at, to look at both infectivity rates and death rates. And he was right. And nobody listened to him. And then further than that, not only did people list, not listen to him, but they condemned him. He was called names. He was ridiculed. Oh, and when right. you actually look at the death rate and where we are today, he was right. And it's probably even lower than we actually think because the CDC has already said that we're missing cases by like tenfold because of how many asymptomatic and mild cases there are. And it, what that would mean is that the death rate is actually lower than what we're looking at even now. That's not saying mm-hmm. it's not serious. I mean, of course, you can look at the data And look at the fact that, you know, if you're 70 and older, if you have underlying conditions, of course, it's scary to get it and you don't want to get it. And so we have Mm -hmm. to protect those people. So you can look at all that context 
and you know look at it and still take it seriously while providing context and perspective but that that context and perspective has really been lacking and the way it's been covered yeah no 100 percent uh but let's pick that up when we come back after the break tired of restless nights meet lisa the sleep experts <sighs> here at lisa we know that good sleep is essential for mental physical and emotional health that's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne. Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. I just think that if there is uh, Joe Biden as president, and I and I want to be clear for people on one point here beyond just the COVID, because I know people say like, hey, Gianno, the the election is really over. Trump is going to lose. Joe Biden got 10 million more votes and all this other stuff. And he's losing lawsuits, et cetera. Here's the, here's the point that I want to draw to people. President Trump has not conceded as of the recording of this podcast. President Trump still has ongoing lawsuits. And I believe that you have to respect the process. The electors have to go in and elect whoever, whoever the president is going to be. And that's still an ongoing process. So with respect to the fact that there's a lot going on in this space right now, it is not up to me to decide who the president is. It's not up to me or the mainstream media to decide or, or say who's president or not. Not rather for there to be the lawsuits, you know, have their way. And we see what happens there before we start saying, OK, President Trump is absolutely out of office and he's done. I'd rather let the process play out before we make any declarations. So with that being said and, you know, moving beyond COVID, now that we kind of have an idea of at least what we predict may happen in 2022, let's say in the event, in the event that Donald Trump is not president and Joe Biden is actually sworn in as president of the United States, 46th president of the United States, who do you think would be the likely GOP front runner in 2024? I like DeSantis, to be honest. I like Ron DeSantis really? a lot. One, because governor he will be my new governor. Two, mm-hmm. I like the fact that I think from a policy perspective, he shares a lot of like the beliefs and sentiments of President Trump. I also think he's a fighter in the sense of if you look at, I mean, he faced fierce backlash on the coronavirus and the way that Florida as a state was handling coronavirus, especially in contrast with states like New York and California, and he did not back down. And that's that's the path forward for Republicans, because as we've noted throughout our conversations, everyone's against us, right? So you've got most of the media is against us. Corporations are against us. Twitter's literally trying, you know, rigged the election against Donald Trump. The left is against us, right? So the deck is stacked against us. And the only way you win is with someone who's tough enough to withstand that and withstand the heat. And so you have to have a fighter. 
We, you can't have another Romney. You can't have another George W. Bush. You can't have someone who just backs down and capitulates and bows down to the left and wants their, you know, wants their praise. You have to have someone who's going to double down and fight. Yeah, you know, you that's an interesting point. I never, ever, ever thought about Ron DeSantis is a guy that would I would see running for president. But you I think you 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 provided an analysis that a lot of people after listening to this podcast, they're going to think and say, wow, I never thought about that. But maybe you're right. He did double down in Florida. He said, hey, I'm moving, removing all covid related restrictions. There'll be no restrictions. I want to ensure that businesses are open and they can thrive. Now, there's local restrictions in some some areas like local city councils or or county governments have applied restrictions, but there's no no restrictions from the state level. So I think that does bode well. But you don't think a guy like Mike Pence may be a guy to run a good Christian guy who who served as governor of Indiana and, of course, served as Donald Trump's vice president. Uh, You don't think he would make for a really splendid presidential candidate? I like the vice president a lot. I have an immense amount of respect for him. I think he is such a good man. I think he is a smart man. And when he was getting so much heat for saying that, you know, he respects his wife too much to go out and like have dinners with female staff or other, like, I actually respect and that. was that right before because, the Me Too era too. Yeah. So like, I, right I, I think he's, yeah. So I, I, I think he is such a good man. So like, I really, I have no, like, I, I think he's amazing. I just, I think we need, we're in a place politically where the left, even though they got what they wanted from the election, they're still making enemies less. Okay, that's that's not enough for them. So we're in a place where we just need someone who's fearless and who's a fighter. I also don't think that I will ever vote for someone in a primary who isn't a business individual, a business person, man or woman, or a governor. Because I just don't think when you're in the Senate or Congress, I, I just don't think you have the tools you need to govern in the way that you obviously develop as a governor or business person. And I think the reason why President Trump was such a successful president was because he really did have an outsider perspective. I mean, you you go back and you look at that clip from John Kerry in 2016, and he said the only path to peace in the Middle East is through the Palestinians. Like that's basically the school of thought that all these people before had about solving the Middle East problem. And then here Trump comes in with an entirely different perspective, a business perspective, and has gotten more Arab-Israel deals than we have ever had in history done in a single term yeah and so it or, yeah. or even just using tariffs to try to get mexico to, se- to step up on illegal immigration using that to solve that problem using sanctions smartly against iran uh so just literally looking at things from an entirely different problem solving perspective as an outsider and someone who's done negotiations and business dealings in the past whereas the reason why joe biden is going to be if he ends up in the White House, which you know looks like that's probably going to be the case, the reason why he's going to be such a bad president is because he's been in D.C. for 47 years. So every belief, every way he views a problem is from that sort of toxic, corrupt government perspective and also viewing the problems in the same failed way that all the politicians before him have viewed the problems. And that's why when you look at the issues, he's literally been wrong about pretty much everything. Yeah, right. And, and so he's going to be a terrible president and we're all going to suffer as a result of it. Yeah, And I would tell you, Joe Biden has flip flop more times than Gucci sandals on South Beach. My friend, I'll <laughs> tell you that much. Maybe <laughs> I should get a pair. I don't have a pair, so I'm not. <laughs> well, that's, that's a little bit too elitist. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> know if I, I don't know if I want to pay for them. I'm too cheap. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No worries at all. So. As we're ending the show, because we've been on here talking the good talk and providing a lot of analysis, what's next for Lisa Booth? I know you work at Fox News Channel. That's great. I know you're going to be there for a while. But what's what's next for Lisa Booth? Yeah, I love TV. Um, it's, you know, I, I really just enjoy it. I love the ability because I, I used to work in politics and I love being on the outside and really being able to, you know, because when you're speaking for someone, you're not, you know, you're obviously your interests are to represent them and make sure that they're fully represented in the things that you say and you do. And I love being on the outside of politics and being able to speak for myself and just being able to be a hundred percent. Like, this is what I believe. This is the way I see it. So I love that. So I'm very thankful to be in this position. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm working on trying to get a podcast going. I'd love to, to be able to have that outlet as well. And then also working on a couple other things I can't, can't talk about yet, but I will let everyone know about as soon as I can. 
but yeah, just working on some more ways to really be out there. Cause I, I just, I honestly, it makes me sad because I just think there's so much wrong in the country right now. And, you know, COVID's yeah. really just underscored a lot of those things with the way that like the people in charge just really couldn't care less about the people they're representing. Like all these people who I've not heard one person advocate for shutdowns who would actually have income be impacted by them. Right. So like these people, have no, they don't care. <laughs> that's tr- but it's that's true. true. Like, they don't care. That's true. And like it really, yeah, like it makes me mad. So I, there's a lot of things that uh, I, I think are wrong. And so, you know, I'm doing the best I can from what I'm able to do to, to try to at least talk about them and to get conversations going and to hopefully advocate for people who maybe feel like, you know, they don't have the opportunity to at least have, you know, a public platform to talk about some of these things. So that's kind of where I am right now. Um, Did you advocate sort of, in the form of running for office? No, because I just think Congress is so broken. I think politics are so broken. Like I worked on Capitol Hill for a number of years and I worked for some really good people like uh, Sandy Adams, who's no longer there. And, you know, Mark Meadows, who's no longer there. So I, I was blessed to work for some really awesome people, but it's just broken. And I think people be, you know, they're there for too long and they lose touch with the people they're representing. So I just, I don't think, uh, I think it would frustrate me. And I think you can get more done on the outside, to be honest. And yeah. I really think there's going to be a movement over the next two years of people just really seeing how broken everything is that the media, you know, a lot of people in the media don't represent them and don't really care about them and don't care what they have to say and don't have an interest in getting to know them or getting to know their concerns. You're going to have like Twitter and Facebook and Google consolidate even more power under a Biden administration. You're going to have leaders who acted like they cared about Trump supporters and Trump who turned their backs on him, you know, who turned their backs on the supporters. You're going to have a lot of people, I believe, that really just feel like they're not represented. So I'm going to do yeah. my best to try to understand their needs and communicate that in the positions that I have, you know, and try to listen and, you know, not become one of those people that are so out of touch with like what's actually going on in the country. Right. Yeah. No, you're, you're a hundred percent correct. And I, I appreciate that. And I, I think from my perspective, especially being in very similar positions as you, you're my colleague over at Fox. I'm thankful that I have an opportunity to do the same because we have, although we, 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 we have very similar ideology in a way we have some different perspectives based on the way we grew up. And I grew up in a very different way. One in which typically doesn't lead a person to be conservative, but certainly growing up poor and having a mom addicted to drugs, I think changes your perspective on life. And I also think for me personally, I I agree with something you said earlier in the podcast, when you talked about giving people a hand up, especially those who, who grow up in these very marginalized environments. But I think with God, all things are possible. You can supersede anyone who grew up with the highest level degrees and the best family, a partnership with God will change all that. And I talked about that in my last podcast with Dr. Bill Winston. I hope everyone will listen to that, but I want to certainly thank you. Miss Lisa Booth. Oh, please. Well, John, please. I just, sorry, sorry, sorry. I know we were trying. I, and I also please. just want to say, I have so much respect for you and like your story and what you've done. Cause like, admittedly, look, I was born, I, I haven't had those struggles. Right. And so like, I've had a lot of opportunities like other people have in life. And so I just like, I have so much respect, like you just work so hard and, you know, and that's why you've had the success you have is just sheer determination and hard work. So I just like, I have a lot of respect for you as like, a friend and a colleague. Uh, for just how hard you work and like charting your own course in life. That's very like, that's awesome. So, really you know, much respect to you, you, my friend. Thank you so much. I really, 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 really do appreciate you saying that. And I never, I always say, because people would call me exceptional and I always reject that label because I think we're all exceptional. All of us, if you're not exceptional, you certainly can be. And you, you mentioned how we're all God's children. We all have potential. We all have this hidden ability. We happen to call it potential and it's up to you to pull it out. It's up to you to do the work. It's up to you. So for for those who, who talk about you know, government and institutional racism, which I do, I know a lot of people don't think it, it exists. I do believe in institutional racism. And I think 94 crime bill pushed by Joe Biden is institutionally racist. That's what I believe. But I think in spite of all of those odds, me personally, a partnership with God changes the dynamic completely and totally and will supersede whatever is going on in this natural world. And that's that's personally how I feel. And I want to thank you so much for those warm, warm compliments. And I, I totally, I wholeheartedly agree with your statement about a relationship with God. And also just family's important. God's important. Friends are important. And those are the things that bring the most fulfillment in life. And, you know, the things that I think if we work our hardest to get settled, 
the rest comes with it, you know? I agree with you 100%. And that's, that's the blessing of being able to do this work, to have people see an example of something different, whereas society says, if you grew up in this particular way, you should end up like this. When God is saying your path is already made, just walk down and don't fear. So I appreciate that, Lisa. Thank you so much, my friend. My friend. Thank you. Thank you. And I look forward I love to being, being on. in Miami. No, it was great. I can't wait. I, this is going to be a great one. <laughs> Thank you're, you so You're going to have to show me around, my friends. <laughs> I, you know I will. We're going to go to all the coolest places. Wherever we can can't find a wait. local Denny's, let's go. <laughs> we'll be, we'll be, we'll be <laughs> free. It'll be awesome. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Unlike New York. So it, it, until then, we'll talk soon. And certainly everyone follow Lisa Booth on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Parlor. And we'll be sure to keep you posted on what Lisa Booth is doing next. This is Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. Thanks to Lisa Booth for a great interview. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions for me, please email me at outloud at gingers360.com and I'll try to answer them in our future episodes. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Parlor at Gianno Caldwell. If you're interested in learning more about my story, please pick up my best-selling book, Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans That Liberalism Failed. Special thanks to our producer, Stephen Calabria, researcher Aaron Klingman, and executive producer, Debbie Myers, and Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.